Today, President Biden insults Peter Ducey with a naughty word, but I thought the adults were back in charge. I guess not. Also, the FDA pulls the emergency use authorization for monoclonal antibodies. We've got all that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, Today, I will be joined by more people, but uh, they are late, and we got to get started because the show must go on. So I am joined right now by John Doyle, political commentator, John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor and host of Heck Off Commie. This is all very true, and I will say that something feels just correct about this. Really? I've always kind of felt like you and I have a very endearing dynamic, and everyone else has just kind of added weight, so to speak. White noise. Well, you know, we have black noise, white noise, because we maintain a diverse (laughs) coalition here at Blaze. But this just seems like it's it's the ultimate form of the news and why it matters, in my opinion, at least. Uh, You know what? I, everyone out there loves them some John Doyle. It's, so, and it's true. It's so we're just going to give them more uh, of that. So let me get your take, John, on, I know ev- this is what everyone is talking about. Uh, it happened yesterday, late afternoon, when President Biden was giving a news conference. I still feel, look, I feel weird calling him president, okay? I'm like, President Biden, and people will be like, he's not really the president. Well, like, okay, but he's got the title right now, so sometimes it's just what I'm going to call him. Uh, but Biden, Joe Biden, was a uh, uh, sitting in his was it was this the office or was this the the set I'm not sure. It was probably the set. I don't even know if he has access to the office. <laughs> they, 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 would, they would be smart to not give him access to the office or anything else uh, for that matter. So Joe Biden uh, in the middle of this press conference, of course, you know, he goes downhill. He declines very quickly. And so the uh, his handlers tried to wrap it up. And as White House press corps often does, they're yelling questions out at the end, uh, you know, even after the staff are trying to usher them out of the room. And Joe Biden was caught uh, calling Peter Ducey quite the name after Peter Ducey was asking a question about inflation. Watch that exchange. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Yikes. Okay, so Peter Ducey's question was, do you believe uh, inflation is a political liability prior to the upcoming 2022 midterms? And then there you saw Joe Biden saying, it's a great asset, more inflation. What a stupid SOB, Uh, which I won't say because I'm not sure what I will and won't get in trouble for on this show. Um, So a a lot of talk about this, John. Um, I'll get to Peter Ducey. Like, I think he he handled it very well. He played it off um, and he talked about how Joe Biden uh, called him later on and said, you know, hey, it's nothing personal, pal. Uh, look fat, you know, but um, <laughs> but I, I have a hard time believing people keep calling it a hot mic moment. I have a hard time believing that. I mean, he was just sitting in front of a microphone doing a press conference and they had just started ushering people out. And he literally looks down at the microphone when he says it. 
Does that really count as a hot mic moment? No, because I, I think he was aware of what he was doing so in too. the capacity that he could be. I think that he is kind of reverting to a mental state that's more reminiscent of a time where language like that was more commonplace in politics. And then as you know, time has passed, we've sort of gotten into a point where now it's the much more explicit and vulgar terms that are more popular and things like that you don't really hear anymore. Um, but you know, I don't like this only because I don't want to like Joe Biden. And there's something I find very charming about just like shutting down reporters even if they're asking a good question it's you know it kind of gets back to the trump nostalgia but uh yeah i think he's in whatever capacity he can understand his situation i think he's in panic mode i mean he's got to be at least somewhat uh knowledgeable um of the polls that are coming out now that have him at like what is it 33 percent approval yeah. rating which is lower than trump ever was and i think trump's valley was at 34 percent, which was right after the january 6th thing uh when he was a lame duck so to speak so biden's going through something that's pretty unprecedented in our lifetime in terms of the unpopularity of a president. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I understand what you mean when you say, I, I don't, I won't say I find it endearing, but I do think as people who just supported Donald Trump, it is important to note, uh, like I'm not offended by his use of the, the term. I'm not offended by his uh, calling the press a nasty name. I don't think it's a huge deal. However, it becomes a huge deal when these are the same people who ran on civility. They ran on uniting. They ran on the adults are going to be back in charge and we're not going to say mean things. I mean, that was their entire platform was we're not going to be mean like Trump. And then they turn around and do this and you have all of the mainstream media like, oh, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, they did the same thing, too. When Trump was elected, I mean, you know, F Trump. This was like a right. whole thing. And there's something very off-putting about that type of language. You know, I went through my teenage phase where you swear because it's, like, cool or whatever. But I noticed, like, all the people who, like, really swear are always, like, the most, like, childish and kind of leftist-type people. You know, these are the people who will have, like, uh, you know, notebooks that say, like, get done and stuff like that and it's just like <laughs> what is that supposed to be like funny like oh it's a professional notebook but it says a swear word do it's like right. supposed to be so I, that's I've like Beto. Been... whenever he's he referred to the those countries he talked about trump saying whole countries yeah. he always said it with like this this look of glee like he was yeah. so excited to be cursing on television yeah and it's like and it's because leftism really is this form of like perpetual infant state yeah. and so they really do think <laughs> they're getting no it is they really do think they're getting away with something when they're like saying these words that they're not supposed to be saying but then when they have the reins and oh well the adults are in charge again but it's just not true and these people really are guppies like they have no sense of the the world it's like they're living in this eternal present state where like now we're in charge and we're gonna have respectable politics and everything and virtually every metric by which you could measure the trajectory of the country it's all negative mm -hmm. but because we don't have the mean tweets which by the way they weren't even mean like no one ever read a trump tweet and was like oh yeah come on please you animal you're gonna kill him it was always <laughs> just like great content i mean i've been addicted to twitter serially for about seven years now yeah and there's never been a poster better than donald j trump right. i mean you have back in 2012 when he was going off about diet coke you have when he was going back about the the Kristen stewart robert pattinson feud i mean <laughs> that just was getting great involved in so many things and it's like Trump has always just been a guy who has perhaps incorrectly thought that his opinion just really matters right and so then he took up politics as a hobby and ended up being the greatest president of my lifetime so far so I can't help but uh, but like the guy yeah uh, so I want to get to uh, you know we talked about Joe Biden uh, on the campaign trail kind of using the adults being back in charge as a platform but it, he took it a step further even after he came into office uh, he talked uh, I believe this was God who was his aide's name, uh, T.J. 
Ducklow, I believe his name was, and he got in trouble for being very nasty to a reporter. And Joe Biden came out and made this statement about how his staffers speak to the press and that he would fire you if you showed disrespect. Watch. But I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. I guess he just he can't fire himself is the problem. Yeah, part of the, and even, you know, with the respectability to the reporters thing, that kind of concedes that, like, it's a legitimate interaction that's right. happening. You know, when we see, like, the press and they're asking Trump or they're asking Biden the real questions and things like that, it's like that almost allows for the public to think that the president is like who's really in charge. And, you know, the conservative point for so long has been, well, the president shouldn't have nearly the amount of power that they have. And it's like, they, what power do they have? I mean, define the presidency in terms of now versus like in terms of FDR or even Lincoln. It's like it's always fluctuated in terms of the absolute power that it has. And so the problem with our system now and the reason that it can maintain its tyranny so effectively is because no one actually knows who's in charge. You know, say what you will about the Chai Coms or about Putin or whatever. At least they know that's who's in charge. You know, no one actually believes that Joe Biden's in charge. And if I say that, people say, huh, yeah, because he's a puppet, because he's not that smart. Even if he were, even if it were 1988 Joe Biden, who was frankly pretty good on the issues, even he probably would not have been totally in charge because there's such a, a deep state or a swamp, whatever you want to call it. It's this archipelago of federal bureaucracy that is controlling everything. And unless you have people in there who can completely gut it, it's going to keep running business as usual, regardless of who's actually, you know, the cheerleader of the country, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Peter Ducey kind of taking it on the chin, laughing about it. Um, he came out, I believe he said something to the effect of, you know, Joe Biden's statement. Uh, they haven't, the fact checkers have haven't come out and uh, checked that yet. But um, he discussed the phone call that he received from Joe Biden after all of this debacle. And here's what he said Joe Biden told him. After years of clips of the president and I kind of mixing it up on the campaign trail and during the transition and here at the White House, uh, within about an hour of that exchange, he called my cell phone and uh, he said, it's nothing personal, pal. And we went back and forth and we were talking about uh, just kind of moving, moving forward. And I made sure to tell him that I'm always going to try to ask something different than what everybody else is asking. And uh, he said, you've got to. And that's a quote from the president. So I'll keep doing it. See, it's just unfortunate because, John, you mentioned, um, mm -hmm. you know, the way that the press was treated by Trump and how we said, you know what, that they kind of deserve to be treated that way. Peter Ducey, really, I don't mean to sound like I have a double standard, but he seems to be the only person in there asking the questions that need to be asked in contrast to uh, the other guys mm -hmm. when Trump was was in office. they I mean, they were asking these gotcha, ridiculous questions that weren't based in anything. And I realize that, like, I'm sure they said the same thing at the time. It's just that I'm right. This is this is such a good point. And, you know, we've always had this conception of the press as, the, you know, they're these reporters and they're getting the scoop and everything like that. That's never been the case. Yeah. The press has always basically served as an extension of whichever regime is currently in power. And, you know, you'll have your exceptions like this guy, for example, is doing great work. But he is, of course, the exception. You know, even even if you ask like a conservative, like what's an example of when, you know, uh, there was really press speaking truth to power and they'll be like, oh, uh, Watergate. And it's like, yeah, but that was against our guys. We don't like that. You know, Nixon was a good guy. We don't like that.
So I think that we kind of have to abandon these uh, these these immature conceptions of like the press is actually doing because it's like, and I understand it because we're so frustrated with the president, with with the Congress, and so we almost want to live vicariously through these reporters. You know, I can't tell you how many times my dad great guy, but he'll send me these clips of Ted Cruz really, really laying into AOC or Ilhan Omar or something in like some con commission or something. And it's just like, okay, but what happened? It's right. the same thing with the reporters. So, Do you see him? He asked Biden about that and Biden didn't know how to answer. And it's like, yeah, but I still can't get beef. So like, you know, <laughs> yeah. are we really winning here yeah. or are we just kind of getting a pressure release valve? Yeah, the viral videos don't really mean much in the grand scheme of no, things. But they make a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but uh, a select group of people, a lot of money. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the truth. Uh, one more thing on this before we go. Uh, a poll, a November poll, um, found this is, has to, you have to believe that this is just getting worse. 96% uh, of Americans do not think things are going very well in America. I, I was just reading this in a story about Biden's newest approval ratings, which is 18% of registered voters say they strongly approve of the job that he's doing. 21% say they somewhat approve. 53% say they somewhat or strongly disapprove of his job performance. Um, it's down six points from his approval rating in November. Again, I can't imagine that anything he's doing right now, the way that he has botched Ukraine, um, I can't imagine that that's going to be earning him any more approval points than he has already lost. Yeah, I don't know how you could approve of what he's doing. It's it, Other than just like fanatical investment. Yeah, yeah the rabid left. But it's so funny because like leftists are fundamentally incapable of like penetrating thought. Like they do not have agency. And so like the entire contents of their brain have been decided for them by think tanks and by the mainstream media. And so there's often this joke that you, you hear whenever you see stand up or even people, they'll say, oh yeah, this country's going to hell and blah, blah, blah. But they don't actually understand like why that might be because their conception of history is basically that uh, for thousands of years, it was just evil and everything was evil. And then Jesus showed up and then from Jesus to about 1939, it was The Handmaid's Tale. And then from 1939 to 1945, it was ostensibly the final boss, right? And then they <laughs> took that guy out, and then we were getting this, this progress and this equality. And then in 2015, you had, you know how like in slasher movies, like you the killer's dead, but then he gets up one last yes, time. For, yeah. So it was kind of like that with Donald Trump. And so then we finally <laughs> defeated him. You know, we had the resistance, we had Dumbledore's army. And then now we are living in the only remotely just time in human history, and we're making progress. This is like literally how these people think history works, because they have a progressive view of it, not a cyclical view of it. But it's like, you wonder why things are getting worse, like why people are miserable, and they just think they have to double down on it. Like, oh, it's just because we're just not quite equal enough right. yet. And it's like, you understand that like, this is what you're doing. You know, no society in the history of the world that has ever experienced a sexual revolution has ever survived, by the way. They've never been able to reverse that. Uh, there was one in Europe in the 1500s. We had ours in the 1960s. And it's like, what, what are we going to do now? I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, just gone downhill from there. It's true. And it's because <laughs> of them. I mean, they're breaking everything. It's like the, uh, the meme of, you know, a well-ordered room and someone's like, I want this to be different. And then they destroy it and they're like, oh, like it's oh, not so that's better. Different. Right, it's different, right. it's different, but it's not better. Not necessarily better. Uh, all right. When we come back, I think we will have some more friends joining us at the table. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Built Bar. So uh, if you enjoy a good snack throughout the day, but uh, you don't want to pack on the pounds while doing it, I know a lot of you out there have a New Year's resolution to lose the weight. Uh, you've got to get Built Bar in your life, especially those of you who have a sweet tooth. Okay, because I'm, l listen to me, okay? I am what they call uh, the the 
I don't know, health Nazi here at The Blaze. And um, I'm here to tell you, I lost 100 pounds. I've kept it off for like over a decade. I know what it's like to have to lose weight. I know what it's like to have to uh, constantly curb your cravings. Built Bar is a great way that I have been able to do that because it's all covered in 100% chocolate. It tastes like you're eating a candy bar, but what you're actually eating is a protein bar that is gonna be high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, and low in carbs, okay? They've got a ton of different flavors. You can check all of them out. Get a mix box. If you've never gone there before, get a mix box. They'll put in two of each of their regular flavors. You can figure out which ones you like the best and stock up on them so that you can stay on track. You can go to built.com. Use promo code NEWS15 to save 15% off of your order. That is NEWS15 over at built.com. The FDA has uh, suddenly rescinded the emergency use authorization for uh, a number of monoclonal antibody treatments that have been used for early treatment of COVID-19. Now, I don't believe that they were very forthright about this decision. It was the Florida Department of Health that tweeted out the, uh, the statement from the FDA I'm sorry, the statement from the Florida Department of Health explaining that the FDA had told them that they were not going to allow any more monoclonal, monoclonal antibody treatments and that uh, they needed to shut down all of their monoclonal antibody clinics that they had built for the purpose, obviously, of treating people in the state of Florida with uh, who had COVID-19. Now, it's very interesting, you guys, because, like I said, very sudden, just said, nope, we're taking that. And um, they claim it's because the monoclonal antibodies are not uh, helpful against Omicron. But we've heard the CDC come out and say the vaccine we don't really feel is very effective against Omicron. But they're only pulling the monoclonal antibody treatment and still encouraging people to get vaccinated. Oh, and also they're still using remdesivir, which is a cash cow for all of the hospitals, also not helping people, also no evidence to show that they're helping people with Omicron or any of the other variants, but the hospitals are cashing in on that. And um, But the monoclonal antibodies are the only ones that they have said, hey, we are going to pull these uh, without any sort of, uh, you know, advance notice. And then, by the way, on top of that, um, the Merck pills, the antiviral Merck pills that they are also pushing, uh, we actually subsidize, by we, I mean the American taxpayers, we subsidize those. The government bought them for the price of $2.2 billion. And apparently, on the call this morning with HHS, they just admitted that the Merck pill is ineffective against COVID-19, and they understand why nobody wants it. It's but they're going to send it to no, Florida it's anyway. No, they need the body count to go up. Yes. Legitimately speaking, not enough people are dying of COVID, and that's probably Hi, Elijah. Hello. It's Hi. good to see you. Uh, well, welcome, Elijah. I teleported here specifically to tell you the truth, to tell the audience. It, that okay, this I w is and I want you to, but Elijah Schaefer, everyone knows, uh, slightly offensive, yeah. Blaze TV host. And also, uh, we have Kai Schwemmer here, who is a political commentator. You can find him on YouTube at Kai Clips. Mm -hmm. I, you, you look very young and innocent, Thank and I'm you, sorry Sarah. that we're going to corrupt you. So. No, he's gold. <laughs> Believe he's me. Well, you know, he yeah, comes he and he's got this boyish charm, and he's just got this infectious personality. We're big Kai Clips fans. I, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm just a chipper guy. What can An I say? An established gentleman with the wisdom <laughs> way beyond his age. He knows that. Not That's enough real. people.
people are dying. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's, it's a problem for, the, for, for Moderna stocks are down 70%. Pfizer is crying and everyone's like, we need more people to be afraid of this. And unfortunately, people are just kind of over it and they don't care. And the monoclonal antibodies are actually helping people. That's actually true. Remember, mm -hmm. Omicron isn't the only variant out there. Right. And, and they're, so, they're, yeah. they're not, they don't have a test for it. Like when they test at the hospital, they're not like, oh, you actually have the Omicron variant, not the Is Delta it Omicron? variant. Omicron? However you say it. I don't know. The cold? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. The, the sneezies. Um, but, but Allergies. Like, I mean, they can send out that uh, that particular test to get like tested in a lab, but that's not something that they're, when they're finding out your initial diagnosis, they're not like, oh, you have the Delta, we're going to treat you differently. Do you think that, so? How so? How would you even am know? Am I wrong though? They want people to die. I think so. I think um, so. Well, it definitely gives them, you know, a more advantageous kind of position because they can use it. We talked about this on the show a little bit earlier. Uh, the whole thing about, well, you know, this is a COVID-related ER being filled up, but again, people aren't going to the ER even if they get it. They go to bed for three days, they don't see people, and then boom, maybe they lose their sense of taste or smell for a few weeks. But that's literally it. There are no ERs, as far as I've seen, and I know people who get COVID that are filling up because people have COVID. And honestly, I miss the days. Where it was like your grandma was, oh, I had that when I was younger. Let me give you some bone broth. You know, you stay in bed and you're good. I miss that. But the government realizes that if they can't be the ones to profit from selling you the one cure to the one variant, and if they're the only ones telling you about the variants, it's not like somebody saying, hey, this new thing popped up and I've got a remedy for it. Uh, not to say that, you know, it can't be snake oil, but if the government can be the one to, you know, rack the paycheck for that, they're always going to want to do that. But are you saying the vaccines might not be as effective? Or might have been? No. No. What? what? No. Yeah. What? John, always, John, you're always talking about how the vaccines work so, so well. I won't do it. You know, I'll tell you a story. Earlier today, I went to Whataburger when I had a patty nice. melt. Fantastic sandwich. I refuse to take the calories I siphon from that and convert them into, like, takes on this. I'm just, I'm over it, you know? It's like, oh, it's not real. Yeah. And, like, mm. what else is new? But I guess I will say on this point that one of the first rules of like political analysis is, of course, follow the money. And you look, right. and they had a financial incentive, all these hospitals, to diagnose people with COVID, to put them onto ventilators, and then to mark COVID on their death certificate. They were getting paid for all of this. So even that would suggest that all of this has been dramatically dramatically inflated in the first place. Wait, what? Uh, what? about the numbers? This, this yeah. goes to the beginning, actually. If we <laughs> remember, all the way at the beginning, what did they tell you? They don't need masks. And then a few months later, they tell you, you need masks. Guess who has all the masks? The government. The state right. produces so many more masks, and they start selling them. It's, you know, a little bit interesting. You're saying the mask might not have been real, right? Wow, well, you're blowing Elijah's <laughs> mind right this now. Is, this has given a lot of people. He's rethinking his entire life. Yeah. This has given a lot of people a, a reason to exist, this whole narrative. You know, they don't necessarily have a relationship with God or with their families, but they can pledge allegiance to the narratives of the state. And it almost calls back to one of our friends in fiction, Bane. You know, no one cared who I was until I put on the mask. That's mm -hmm. how a lot of these leftists feel, you know? They had no real personality until they were basically given it. State provided de-individuation. You put on it's, the mask, you no so longer real. feel responsible, and you become the weapon of the state. You put on the, uh, the we, we saw this video a little bit earlier, the MAGA Klux Klan, and you become the, the state's weapon, and they have given you the authority to break down these people. No matter who, these old, like, yuppie white liberal women who are like 70 years old are now going to take on six-foot men who don't wear masks because yeah. they've been given black the authority. And say Black Lives Matter. It's very weird. It's very true. weird. I want uh, that drug. Let, yeah, yeah. Let me. Okay. So let me bring into this conversation. Uh, make sure you've taken your blood pressure medication for this one. The family of a patient who is oh, fighting for man. his life. They're speaking out right now uh, after a Boston hospital removed him from its heart transplant 
heart transplant list because he is unvaccinated against COVID-19. This is a 31-year-old. His heart has deteriorated. It will no longer work on its own. He was first in line to receive a heart transplant. And because he is unvaccinated, he is no longer eligible for the treatment. And so when I say, I'm sorry, when Elijah says they want more people to die, it like that literally tell me how you can come to any other conclusion than that when you hear things like this. He'll probably die of COVID too. Because <laughs> the, the reality is, it's like, it's like, it doesn't matter what the science is. So you, we have this vaccine, which definitely only has a few very rare cases of myocarditis, even though I know several people who have gotten mm-hmm. it from the vaccine. Mm-hmm. But it's so rare that I know more people that have gotten myocarditis from the vaccine, even though they say more people get myocarditis from COVID than the vaccine. It's weird. I haven't yeah. met anyone with myocarditis who, who didn't, is unvaccinated. Right. I just, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I will say it's like, there's a guy that, uh, do you see the other guy got his off the kidney transplant list? Mm-hmm. He said the most base thing ever. They're like, you do realize we're going to remove you if you don't get vaccinated. He goes, I'd rather die from kidney failure than okay. submit or whatever. And he wow. like literally said that. And that like, he was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play this game. Mm-hmm. I want to die with my conviction. Mm-hmm. And so it's come down to where I've taken it to the next level. As long as it's for health and safety, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think about it. You make any mistake in your life, you were speeding, but it was for to, to fight COVID. You know, I was trying to go fast <laughs> so the COVID molecules couldn't yeah. get me. It doesn't matter. It's illegal. It's wrong. It's immoral. But you did it for health and safety. They're killing a dude mm-hmm. for his health and safety. Right, right. And these people that are doing that deserve to die. They deserve to die. They should be taken off the list. Tribunals, for They're sure. trying to run defense, too, like... Everyone has noticed a surge in like heart attacks and all these other adjacent complications. Really? Oh yeah, I'm just I'm sorry, <laughs> no. I'm getting educated by these these young wise dudes. And it's so true. But you'll see the articles like uh, rise in heart attacks attributed to laziness because of lockdown, right? And mental health deterioration. All of a sudden, like they just refuse to call it what it is, which is all of a sudden this spike has happened because of this thing that nobody knows what it is that so many people put into their mm. bodies. Yeah. And it's, it's really funny because it's like you know soccer it. players. It's like soccer players who are the most healthy people ever are just suddenly dying it's spontaneous death yeah. syndrome dropping just, down dead yeah, with heart attacks the, the people who had like resting heart Common rates of like 30 <laughs> like beats a minute all of a sudden they just have these real big heart problems it's yeah. true yeah. yeah uh all right well well we'll still try to get to the bottom of it someday uh we got to take a break first we want to thank our sponsor genucel so look um i when it comes to knowing how to pretend like you don't feel like you're 100 years old because you get no sleep. I'm the expert here, I have to say. Uh, And I got to tell you a little secret to looking years younger thanks to Genucel. I got to start out by saying I am actually 84 years old, but you wouldn't know it because I use Genucel. They've got a New Year's clearance event. You can save over 60% off of their hand-picked most popular packages to take care of all of your skincare needs. Um, They've got stuff for fine lines, forehead wrinkles, sagging jawline, and my personal favorite, those under eye bags you can get gone for good all right it works with both women and men it's safe for all skin types perfect for skin of any age and they promise results that will make you smile guaranteed or 100 of your money back so you've got nothing to lose um, except under eye bags and fine lines and sagging jawline and all those other things that you want to get rid of. You can go to lovegenucel.com slash Y, save over 60% on their most popular package. By the way, each order is automatically upgraded to free priority shipping. That is lovegenucel, love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Y.
if we haven't gotten controversial enough, let's talk about masks, which I know, Kai, you alluded to earlier, but the New York State Education Department has informed parents they are no longer allowed to send their children to school unmasked. This is despite a New York Supreme Court ruling that just came out yesterday that they ruled that the mask mandate is illegal. They said it is unconstitutional, but the department was like, well, it's, look, we're still going to require them to do this because we plan to appeal. So because we're appealing, we're just going to ignore uh, the current law, Elijah, to your point earlier, for health and safety. It's okay. Right? It's, it's okay. okay because it's for the kids, mm -hmm. the kids' health and safety. Because as we know, children are very, very vulnerable to COVID-19, specifically this Omicron variant that is going around. They are yeah. very, very vulnerable. There's there's so many of them dying, we don't even have a number for it. Like, wow. we're unable to count. Now, some people used to call that zero. So quickly. Some people used to call that zero as a placeholder. It's not really a number. But I, you know, in math, there's imaginary numbers. Yeah. And those, they came up with them. So we, st we sort of applied that to COVID, where we've created our own imaginary uh, constants. And it's like, I, I do like the sentiment of New York, because it's like, it is just the Constitution. It's like the framework of our country. And it's like the basis of like our understanding of our collective unity, which is like, I mean, Think about it. I mean, uh, what's his name? Try to steal the Declaration of Independence already. So it's like somebody might have already stolen the Constitution. We don't need to follow it. It's just a document. Mm. And it's like, but, but what's so insane? That's what they always say. They're like, it's it's just kids' mental health. It's just it's just right. like you're just damaging future generations, destroying their faith in the system, and 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 causing problems for generations. What's the big deal? Yeah. Right. And well, at least they'll be alive, they say. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this is the funny thing, because the right-wing take is, you know, you, you have the quote from, from, I believe it's John Jay or John Adams, where it says, the Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And right-wingers take that, and they say, you know what? That's so true. Maybe some of the things in the Constitution don't really work because the people are no longer virtuous. But the leftists are now taking it up, too. You know what? Yeah, we're not virtuous or religious. Let's just scrap the Constitution. <laughs> we can do the same thing that they do. And that's actually a very worrying thing, is because a lot of right-wingers mm. believe that because we're kind of not represented in our government right now, we are going to be the only ones who are going to kind of fracture and we're going to have these parallel institutions. But the left can do the same thing and that's what they're doing right now. They say, okay, well, if the government is, is you know, or if the Supreme Court is ruling on something that we disagree with, we'll do the same thing. We'll fracture, we'll disobey, and we'll collectivize the same way that the right wing has been forced into doing. Mm, I think the right often fixates... Uh, mistakenly on the Constitution as like literally a piece of paper. Because when the left says it's just a piece of paper, they are correct. And I understand what it represents, but like the word Constitution like literally means what constitutes people. Like if you were to take the four of us and put us in a blender and then, you know, make some sort of weird juice, like that would be our Constitution, right? If you could like yeah. translate that into a document, so I to speak. I don't want that juice. The point being... <laughs> Uh, turn me on. <laughs> the masses are easily distracted by abstract <laughs> metaphors. This is okay. The point being that if you were if you were to have a country, <laughs> this is the fixation. If you were to have a country that was religious and that actually believed in things like the things that are written in the Constitution, then it would function. But it's like if you're going to deviate from that, you know, 240 years down the line, it's not enough to just point and say like, oh well, you know, this is what we should be doing because people don't believe that anymore. Like literally speaking, what constitutes America is no longer represented in its Constitution as a document. And that's a serious problem. And you have to kind of, like, I guess, reach back and, and kind of pull something from the roots of the country. It's not enough to just point at the document. You have to point at the heritage and at the history. And like, look, these men, you are descended from these men, great Americans like George Washington, like Robert E. Lee. These are the people that you should be inspiring. I just realized that's a controversial statement. But these are the people that you should be inspiring to. Huh, okay. By the way, happy Robert E. Lee Day. The, the War other. of Northern Aggression. <laughs> 
So I want to throw into this uh, uh, topic. Oh, it's it's got to go there, Sarah. It does. It's, it's, we got to we got to confront the uncomfortable truth. Listen, they're killing our people. They're they're abusing our kids. I knew. It's not good. I knew what I was getting myself into when we scheduled Elijah Schaefer and John Doyle. To be this on is the same this has show, been many months so. in the making. It's never happened. <laughs> why would, why would we trust their version of history I, you know, with what they're doing in the present? I think right she now, wanted I'm, to. I'm, keep... I'm Lex Luthor between you two. I'm like pitting you guys against each other. Batman versus Superman. Well, yeah, like, you know, Kai Schwemmer is not exactly the most American name <laughs> I've ever you, heard. I told you. I get <laughs> and this frankly, and this is probably why they wanted Elijah and I not on the show because we start, you know, getting our ideas bouncing off each other. We start to question why is it that we're answering to not only a woman but a woman named Gonzalez. <laughs> oh my god! Is that really what two American go. men John, should be doing? That's kind witz. That's my garnish lustig. And they call me literally. That's how Nazis talk. Therefore, he's a Nazi. Me just like putting away my dog whistles. You know, I don't know. The point. <laughs> the point stands though. That point stands. If well, they this lie about our last now, show, guys. If they lie about be. everything now, think about this though. On the reality, I'm just saying. Remembering this, like if yeah. everything they do is against logic, truth, morality, and then they lie about it, and then they say they do it shamelessly and boldly. I mean, we have to question everything mm-hmm. because you have to find truth, and we don't even define truth, let alone you know find it anywhere. And so, like, I actually get really nervous because everyone knows this pandemic. Like, these kids are being told that the masks are for their health and safety, mm-hmm. even though it's not true. And so, we're raising a generation of people that are going to be bred and raised on confusion. It scares me, especially for like your kids and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Well, you don't have any kids. Well, you're, my, you're 19. Yes, yeah. that's true. Uh, no, my children uh, do not wear the masks. I made sure to send them. I mean, look, I homeschooled my older son while I had a newborn all last year so that he would not have to go through that. This year, I found a good private school for him that we trust implicitly, and um, they they would not be caught uh, doing masks it's abuse. at all. I, I yeah, think the, it is abuse. The dangerous thing is the commercialization, because I've seen far too many right-wingers be like, yeah, you know what, this whole mask thing sucks, but... Oh, you put a Blue Lives Matter flag on it? Or the, the, the right. blue, thin blue line? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll buy that right now. I'm yeah. going to show my pride for this President Donald Trump. This is tyranny. Yeah. Yeah. This is why my masks are the only ones that you should buy. Because they don't. Because if you wear a mask that says, this doesn't work, yeah. you're still wearing it. You look yeah. like a fool. Right. My masks say, I am retarded. Mm-hmm. And this is good because if you're wearing it, then it's like someone sees that and they're like, oh, wait a minute. He's making fun of me, isn't yeah. he? Like, it's better like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's also sad because, I, you know, I hear people, <laughs> I, there was here. a guest no, not that long ago on the show who said, um, and, and I mean, she was wonderful, but it, it saddens me when you hear the perspective of just like, well, I mean, sometimes people want to travel. I mean, you understand, they want to go see the world and they want to do all these things. And it's like, so therefore, it's okay to wear the mask. And it's like, I, look, I get it. I've been on a plane as well. Um, I do what you have to do. But I just think that that mentality of just like, well, people have fun traveling. So it's okay for them. It's okay to get vaccinated if it makes it easier, even though they don't want to, even though they feel forced to. It just feels a lot like, no, guys, you gotta, if you don't stand on principle and you let this one go, what next? Right. Well, that's the thing, because people are willing to wear a mask for, you know, a three-hour flight or something. They're not necessarily like their children having to wear it five days a week for right. eight hours a day. And we often have this, this wisdom of it's going to have to get worse before it gets better. People don't really understand the, the implications of that, because we live in a state now where you can still, yeah, gas is expensive, but you can still basically get it. You can still basically access food and entertainment and sex within a reasonable means. And so that population of people is never going to be driven towards serious change. You're going to need, unfortunately, a generation of young kids who, you know, one of the most, I think, powerful images of the last year was this image I saw of a young boy, and he's standing there in a, in a line at school, and he's got his mask on, and there's a female police officer who's got this real smug look on her face. She's wearing a mask, too, but you can tell, and he just got this look of just... 
and he's just mm. mad. Mm. That kid is going to have that fixation and that trauma and probably also a little bit of uh, antisocial personality mm. issues because he hasn't been able to you know, interact with other kids and see how their faces move and things like that. Those are the kids who are going to have their villain origin stories and they're going to have that fixation and that animosity towards a regime that has failed them. It's exciting. And 30 years Gen from Alpha now, it, unironically, it's 30 years from now, the butterfly effect of that is going to be very promising. Like I think that our American Caesar has probably been born by this point and he's probably wearing a face mask right now and he's probably not too happy about so, it. So uh, I know we got to go to break, but I just, so where Sipping does one, juice box. where where does one go to access sex, John? I wouldn't know the answer yeah. to that question, really? but you understand what I mean. You understand, you know, think about like what drivers, think about what, think yeah. about what yeah. sexual assault, think about yeah. what drives the masses, you know, as long as the I masses can I have reasonable it. access to these things, it. they're I not going to be compelled. Yeah. Well, gonna, it didn't embarrass me. He's I mean, gonna gonna talking. Under, under the makeup, he's blushing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all right. We've got more to come. But first, we want to thank new sponsor of the program. I'm excited about this one. You guys, you got to listen up. All right. MyGoToDoc.com. Uh, a lot of the main questions crossing people's minds these days are, where can I find a doctor online I can trust? Who is a covert expert and who is not? And not just a prescription factory. Where can I find a pharmacy that is going to dispense off-label medication that my doctor may prescribe me because I trust my doctor rather other than big government bureaucrats to decide what is right for me, and also a place that is not going to charge me an arm and a leg. The answer to all of those questions, listen up, you guys, it is mygotodoc.com. Okay, Omicron is milder than Delta, and hopefully it will mean the pandemic is over soon, but I gotta tell you, uh, I, I know some people, there, there are many people who all along uh, this time of COVID, they've had a really rough time of it, okay? And even if you don't or you think I'm healthy and um, I'll be fine, you want to make sure that you are prepared, not to mention if you're high risk, you really need meds on hand so you can start treatment fast, all right? This is where my go-to doc comes in. Um, Dr. Saeed Hader has built something at my go-to doc that uh, we want to talk to you about for three reasons. One, he is a COVID expert. This is all he does. He's treated over 40,000 patients with zero deaths. That's zero. Okay. He is not Anthony Fauci. He is way, way, way smarter than that when it comes to COVID. Two, you can register for free and ask questions forever. And three, they connect you to pharmacies that ship you a full 28 doses of ivermectin for less than $150. All right. I'm telling you guys, uh, when we came down with it in our family, we I mean, look, I, I'm very young and healthy, and I still, because of the fact that I didn't get any sleep with the baby being up all the time, uh, the baby got sick, I was very, very lucky to have ivermectin on hand. You really need to make sure that you are prepared at mygotodoc.com. It is mygotodoc.com. Oh, and huge news, really, really huge news, just like heard all across the world, Neil Young, Issued an ultimatum. By the way, if you're if you forgot who Neil Young is, he's a musician. Uh, okay, who? he sings some things. Yeah, uh, it, not to be confused with that other Neil guy. Who's the other Neil? Neil Pert. Neil Diamond. Oh, it's not Neil Diamond. He's way less cool than Neil Diamond. But uh, Neil Young issued Neil. an ultimatum to Neil. the Spotify streaming music service to choose between his music or Joe Rogan's mm. podcast. Um, it obviously, look, <laughs> Spotify's deal with Joe Rogan, it's like a $100 million deal. And uh, obviously Spotify is raking in the cash because of Joe Rogan's many, what is it, like 200 million uh, downloads. And then there's Neil Young. 
So Neil Young says, I am doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them. Please act on this immediately today and keep me informed of the time schedule. I want you to let Spotify know immediately today that I want all my music mm. off their platform. They can have Rogan or Young, but not both. Neil Young, uh, more like Neil Old. I mean, this yeah. guy hasn't been popular in forever. He's got the best lines. And it's so true, and many are saying this. But it's, like, seriously, this is important because, I mean, this is a guy who was part of a generation of music that really believed it I was speaking yep. truth yep. to power. Yep. And so many people are seeing the switch now, and they're like, wait a minute, but I thought they were supposed to be against the system. Or even, like, you know, some of the punk rock. Rage and the, Against the Machine? Yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> what that When they were talking about, I'm not listening to the man, they were talking about the majority in this country that were, like evangelical Christian moral people, the religious right. That's who they're mad about when they're, and now you do what they told you. They're talking about yeah. not being a degenerate. That's what that means. And so now that their coalition is in power, of course they're serving it. Why is this a surprise? Like they never had allegiance to, oh man, I don't like this system. They didn't like this system. They're perfectly happy with yeah. this system. They like it. And so now, you know, I think that we can say finally, conclusively, that Leonard Skinner was correct on the Neil Young question. I mean, they, they dissed him in that very popular song of theirs. And uh, I think that we can see that that has been vindicated. Yeah, Kai, your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I, I'd echo John's sentiment, which is, you know, Neil Young really does sound out of touch. And, and to echo the music thing, this is why, you know, this kind of punk music, the Blink-182, is always going to be relevant. It's because it's a struggle that's eternal, which is the man and the woman. Mm -hmm. And the woman is upsetting the man. And so these are the struggles that are eternal. But that eternal or cyclical struggle of politics is never going to be that way. You cannot market yourself as punk effectively. Mm -hmm. And people are noticing that. You can't be against the system, right? If the system is everywhere, if it's mm -hmm. within academia, Academia, if it's within universities, if it's within, you know, the news that you get, if it is allowing you on Spotify, if that's what it is. No, you can't really get away with it. But I would be a little bit careful. There is almost this kind of a counter movement going on where it's like Joe Rogan is like the real one speaking truth to power. Joe Rogan's also on Spotify. Money drives this for sure. Yeah. But to say that Joe Rogan is the one person where you should get your information about COVID, I'm a little bit cautious of that. Certainly not. But the but the guests that he has on his program are definitely qualified to speak on the matter. You have Robert Malone. Uh, you have you know others who really have done a lot of work when it comes to not just the vaccines but COVID themselves, certainly they should at least have a spot at the table and people can listen to what they have to say and then decide what information, I mean, it's everyone's choice at the end of the day to decide what information they think that they can use and what information they can filter out, Elijah. Yeah, it's it shows the kind of narcissism, too. Yeah. Where, number one, like, so you don't care about your fans? I thought you was about getting your music out to the people that right. want to hear it. People don't necessarily like you. They like your music, which is number one. And so when you're like, well, I'm going to punish my listeners who use their hard-earned money in a difficult time in the country that they can't access my music because there's a guy I don't like. And, you know, and it, it's like such a foolish thing, right? And on top of that, too, like this idea that people are going to be sad about this. <laughs> like, it's always that assumption, like, ah, oh, like as if this generation, which is mostly millennials and younger that are having Spotify, are like, nah, the only reason why I'm on this is because Neil Young, <laughs> I don't know what he thinks is on here, and they're like, I got to delete it. Like, I, that's the sad part is, it's like these people lost power. They don't really have any influence. They don't care. People like Joe Rogan are, are growing an influence and power because they're willing to have honest conversations mm. with people. And that's so crazy. So it's, I don't give Joe Rogan that much credit because like, this is so sad in our culture. People like Joe Rogan because he's just willing to talk to people. Right. Like, yeah. like right. that's, it's, yeah, like, that's it's, like, it's not like that courageous or brave of a show. It's like, he's willing to have someone who's willing to say the truth on his show. And it's like, <laughs> that's so sad as a society that that's like, there's like only one mainstream podcast mm. that just 
has experts on that are allowed to say what it's true. And they right. even vilify him as like Last far word. right. And I mean, Joe Rogan, he's a great guy. He's a good friend of mine. And he's got people like, <laughs> what? Hurry up. Want, you know, Neil Young, didn't he have that one song that was like, you know, uh, it's better to burn out than to fade away? I don't even well, know. Well, he's kind of faded away. Maybe he thinks this is his like burning out. If he can, you know, have one last stand, it's me or Joe Rogan. Spotify's like, oh. Okay. Thank you, Joe yeah. Young. Okay, Neil bye. Expert. That's not going to turn real. out to be a good business decision for him. we got to take a break. We'll be back. I'm a man of many hats. And as we come back... Don't forget, I know it was, uh, I heard a lot of you, you're like, my New Year's resolution is to go over to where I get my audio podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review the news and why it matters because I keep hearing Sarah talking about it and I know that she can see all of the people who are watching this on YouTube and not all of us have gone over and done that. But what that does, you guys, is it allows more people to be able to find the show because as we know, the algorithm is working against us as conservatives. So you gotta go over there, it's gonna take you two seconds, and as an added benefit for you, you may see your review read live on air, like the one today from SJ Skiv, who said, five stars, always watching. We always mute the local mainstream screen heads to catch you and all your guests for the news that is real. We will keep watching. I am here to give you the five stars you deserve. Uh, Sari from Seer. Thank you so much. It is true. It is true. Many people are saying it, John. And they say it all the time when they do say it. They do, right? Uh, don't forget, you can catch. Well, look, Elijah Schaefer is on like ten shows on the network, so yeah, I, I, you are here. Uh, <laughs> slightly <laughs> offensive. Catch John Doyle, Heck off, Kavi, and Kai Schwemmer, Kai Clips. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com/podcasts.